Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 31, Bruins Panthers Game 3 Recap with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink, and download the Inside the Rink app, and subscribe to Inside the Rink's YouTube page. Smitty will tell us about how you can sign up for ESPN+. Yeah, you can watch ESPN Plus by signing up on the Inside the Rink website. Go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. I have ESPN Plus, and I love all the out-of-market NHL playoff hockey, college sports, and much, much more. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Well, Game 3 was a much... uh Better and much different results as, as Game 2 was as the Bruins get a 4-2 to win in Florida in Game 3 in a game really where many Bruins fans, including myself, thought that they were going to really struggle to try to win, especially when David Krejci was a late scratch, uh, inserting Nick Foligno into the uh, lineup. Of course, no Patrice Bergeron. Matt Grizzlick enters the lineup. And the Bruins put on what I thought was a defensive clinic for much of that game, particularly 5-1-5, and they get the 4-2 win, and it started out with that Taylor Hall goal that, that Alex Lyon probably wants back, but it was a great stretch pass by Dmitry Orloff that's, that sent uh, Taylor Hall away, and, and he was able to uh, get his shot to go just inside the short side post. Uh, and then Charlie Coyle with a great tip, and Coyle's been unbelievable uh, for this Bruins team for much of the season and is probably, along with Marchand, you know, one of their best players. Absolutely. Uh, Coyle was immense tonight. He was he was outstanding. Uh, you know, the team as a whole, I thought, did put on a clinic for, you know, two and three-quarter periods of this game. The Panthers lead the league in shots. I believe at one point the Bruins had held them to 22 shots. They had 12 shots through the first two periods. Um you know, four shots in the second period. Uh, just a just a defensive clinic on the road against a really good team that's, you know, hungry for a win here. Uh, and the Bruins, you know, shorthanded, down Krejci, down Bergeron. Uh, and the guys that step in, Felino steps in for Krejci, scores a goal. Uh, he played on the line with Hall and Frederick there. Hall was was great. He had a goal and an assist, assisted on Felino's goal. Um and, and Pasternak scores as well. So, uh, you know, really a great all-around effort from, from the Bruins. Allmark was really good when he had to be uh, on some, on some uh, different plays, you know, down low and, and towards the end there, um, finding the puck. And I thought McAvoy also was, was tremendous tonight. He set the tone uh, really right off, the, right off the drop with a big hit, both, you know, 15 so seconds, in, seconds in. Yeah, 15 yeah. seconds into the first shift. You know, yeah. Coyle buries the center, and then McAvoy delivers a hit. And and I think it was the Bruins saying, you know, we're going to fight back. And, and they have all year long. You know, when they face some kind of adversity, when they face some some trouble, some bumps in the road, um, this team's responded, and they responded tonight in a big way. I thought it really affected the Panthers right away, those couple of hits right away. I, I think that they – I don't – I think – you know, judging from Kachuk's 
comments at the end of last game when he was talking about how the Bruins were frustrated and and he almost had sort of a smug response in the in the interview, like thinking that they had the Bruins where they wanted them. And when McAvoy comes out and sets the tone like that, and he bookended the, the hits, he had the, the hit toward the end of the game, four minutes left or so, where he gave another shot, beautiful hit, open ice. Yeah, on and Anton Landahl. Jumped yep. him after it. Uh, and, that's, and that's, so he sort of bookended the two, uh, the two hits and, and sort of set the tone for the whole game. And uh, it was nice to see Pasternak score. Score the goal in another great stretch pass by Orlov, who was really good tonight. And then it was nice to see Felino score. Yeah. And Hall, like you said, I thought Hall was very noticeable tonight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Hall just kind of disappears. And, you know, he I don't think you can trust him 100% at times. But in this type of game, I was really pleasantly surprised with how he played. Yeah, I thought he was excellent tonight. And I tell you what, they really miss him on zone entries for the power play. Like, they give it to him with speed, and he just... Dangles his way in, makes a good pass to Bertuzzi, and then they, you know, they have an entry. Uh, so, you know, he's been out for a while, and, and you know, people talk about, um, you know, all these other guys that they have on the power play. I think they missed him. I, I really do. I think they missed his own entries. You know, Pasternak, as, as good as he is at shooting the puck, is not great on zone entries. He doesn't make great decisions with the puck. So um, some other guys were trying to do that job, and Hall's excellent at it, always has been. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he was really good tonight, and, and uh, you know, hopefully that will help the power play going forward. And I think they made a little bit of a change because they used to bring the guy in to the zone and then try to curl back mm. just inside the blue line. Now they have a guy standing, and then they give it to him, mm. and then they, he tries to go to the weak side defenseman yeah. uh, to try to and – and it worked for a bit. And I thought the first couple of power plays they had were, were, were decent. I mean, there were a couple of – you know, was a, there was a Pasternak – uh, turnover. There was a couple of plays where they, you know, they they didn't make a great decision. But I thought the power play. I thought they moved it well, and I thought they got some shots and some and some decent chances on it. It was the it was the the power play when they were up three nothing and then four nothing that were dog shit on a stick. Yeah. And then of course the one where they gave up the the shorthanded goal, which it just seemed like they had just stopped playing. Yeah, they were playing uh, catch yeah. with the puck. They didn't seem to want to play offense, and then they were out there too long, and you know they get caught a little flat footed and and cheating there uh, to try to you know ice the game, I guess, and and you know it gives the Florida you know a, a shorthanded goal, and then they get a little momentum and get another one, and now you know you're scrambling a little bit in the last couple of minutes, um, you know, which was you know not really indicative of how the game went, but you know gives you a little uneasy feeling there towards the end, which maybe will help them uh, in, in in the next game in game four to be able to you know look we really got to close it out here you know can't take your foot off the gas, uh, so maybe a teaching moment for Montgomery to the guys there uh, at the end. Sure. Uh, all right. Time for Severn Chirp, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lobster Brewery and Tasting Room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com and also follow them at Lops Brewing for new beers and events. Now, uh, Chirp number one, the Bruins' lines get put into a blender by Jimmy Montgomery. <laughs> Your thoughts on that? Uh, I was surprised by all the changes. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, you know, there was a new guy in, but just by the by the movement of all the people to different lines, mm-hmm. that, that kind of surprised me. But I'll tell you what, it shook them up enough. Uh, it worked. Um, I don't know exactly what he was trying to do. As, I mean, Krejci being a late scratch certainly uh, put a, threw a little monkey wrench into it. But, uh, mm. you know, he had um, 
Originally, I think he had Krejci between Marshan and DeBrusque, and that ended up being Coyle, and I thought they were really good. Um, right. And then um, Zaka between Burt and Pasternak. Still five-on-five five, didn't generate a whole lot. Uh, mm-hmm. they, had, they had some like near misses where it looked like um, they had some plays and they just kind of died on the vine. So, uh, you know, that was, that was good. And I like those three together. Cause I think Bertuzzi can retrieve pucks and, and Zaka is responsible defensively and can skate better than Krejci can. So, um, you know, it helps him out a little bit defensively and then pasta, all he needs is a, you know, an iota of space there and he can get that shot off and, and score goals. So, uh, not bad. And then I thought the Hall Foligno, um, Frederick line was really good. I mean, they yeah, scored they scored early. Uh, you know, Hall sets up Felino towards the end there to make it four nothing. Like they were pretty good all night long. And Freddie again, man, he's got to start varying some of these yeah, chances. He should have yeah. fucking six goals by now. I mean, he I had two two on ones with Hall in game one. He had a couple chances in game two uh, where he was set up right on his doorstep, and then he had uh, a rebound chance, and then. Um, was it Hall that set him up, or somebody yeah, set it him was, up? It was yeah, it was someone set him up. I think maybe it was Bertuzzi. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, right in he front of the net, wide open, wide open, yeah. and and yeah. either you got somebody got a stick on it or a line got a piece of it. But yeah, he's got he's really got to bear down on some of these chances and 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 bury him. And you know, be looking at Con Smythe already. <laughs> I know it'd be it'd be quite a combination of. Uh, a great season for him if he did that. But uh, I did think, though, that you know, Freddie was on that top line in the morning skate, and then that late scratch actually put Freddie back down with Felino and Hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, and I think that worked out. It really is impressive that the team can have these moving parts and, and Krejci get scratched late. You had no idea what you're going to get from Allmark. And, and then to come in and play that way is really impressive. It really is because they, they could have tonight could have been just another chaotic, you know, cluster uh, with them. But they came out focused, even with all of the uncertainty coming into the game. Yeah, it really goes to show, I think, the depth that Sweeney has built on the roster and the fact that they have guys that can play multiple positions. You have a Zaka that can fill in at center. You have, you know, a Frederick that plays wing and center. You have guys that can move around up and down the lineup, in and out, uh, wherever you need them to be. And everybody knows what they're doing still, and, and they're doing the right things, and they were really, really good with their details tonight. Uh, puck management, you know, staying above the puck, getting pucks in deep, mm. getting to the net for the most part. So, um, you know, just a really, really good road win, um, you know, being down your top two centers. Mm. Uh, chart number two, video of Patrice Bergeron skating didn't look super encouraging, but Jim Montgomery does say that he's likely for game five uh, on a scale of one to ten. How uh, badly is he lying? <laughs> <laughs> I'd tell you um, – I, I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I would yeah. say he's probably somewhere in the middle. He probably knows more than he's letting on. But I'll tell you what, it, it, he didn't look great the first time I saw the video of him skating. He looked a little bit better the second day. He, and we yeah, talked about this. Yeah. We talked about this um, on Wednesday that um, we think probably game five would be the one where he's available because, you know, you don't travel with the team here. You, mm. you get, you know, the extra days and then there's extra days between games four and five where you don't you play Sunday and then not until Wednesday so you get that little extra time um, and and hopefully he's ready to go for game five but uh, you know I'm not holding my breath Um, you know if they're up 
you know, 3-1, do you hold them out of game five? I probably do. I mean, I probably do. I mean, if, if, if it's 3-1 to one and you have all the momentum in the world and you're coming back home, I probably do. I mean, I you you I don't know. Look, I don't know the extent of his injury, so I don't know if it how like I don't know how much it would get better. Right. So that's kind of part of the problem. Like, yeah. If it's something that's going to linger the rest of the playoffs, and you just kind of have to deal with it. Then just I guess play him. Yeah. But if it's something that with another week, you know, if you win the series in five and you get a week off, is that would that be advantageous, or is it just a, a thing that's going to need some surgery, or you yeah, know, it's not it's not going to get much better. So you have to make that decision, I guess. But I probably would if the team uh, you know wins Game Four and then is has all the momentum in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, chair number three, Trent Frederick said he was choked by Ryan Lomberg at the end of Game Two, almost blacked out. The league isn't is just going to ignore this. Yeah, I mean it seems that way. I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, I guess playoff hockey, right? So, I mean, they certainly took a number. I mean, Freddie was, like you said, was irate, like to the point where he had to be restrained uh, after the game. So yeah. they certainly took a number and scores will be settled. Whether it's in this series or not, um, you know, they'll, they, they know who it was and, and they'll, you know, Freddie will drop gloves at some point with him, whether he wants to or not, I'm sure. He'll just grab him and start beating the bag out of him. He doesn't. You know, take his gloves off, then he doesn't. But, um, yeah, there'll be payback for that, 100%. Um, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I just saw on Twitter that Jim Montgomery on, on David Krejci did say that we knew there was a good chance he wasn't going to play tonight and says he's 50-50 for game four. So there, there you have it. Okay. Um, all right, uh, chirp number four. Connor Clifton out when he actually played fairly well in game two. Uh, Derek Forbort played, I thought, better tonight, but do you think it's the right move? No, I, I, I wouldn't have taken Clifton out. I wouldn't have. I think he's a, a better puck mover than Forbort is, um, and I, I would have left him in and taken Forbort out of the lineup. I mean, Forbort is good on the penalty kill. He is, and that saves some wear and tear on, you know, it would have been, you know, because Grizzlick's in, your only other left shot D is Lindholm, so mm-hmm. having to, him to play... A lot of PK time probably isn't what you're looking for because I don't. Th- he's not really the greatest penalty killer. Um, right. He'll do it, but he's not. He's not a shot blocking machine like Forbert is. So, um, right. you know, that's a that's a tough guy to to take out there. Um, but I, I probably would have done that. I probably would have left Clifton in and and put Orlov down on that side with Clifton. Yeah. You know, if 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 you could have a seventh defenseman that just killed penalties, then forward would play every night. Sure, like they they went without a shot with him on the ice for like four and a half minutes of power play time. You know what? Like without I, a shot. I mean, we talked. You mentioned this, uh, tweeted this during the game, but Lauko didn't see uh, much time at all through the first two periods. Four twenty-one, no. I think it was. Four twenty-one. Got yeah. got some shifts late in the third when it was you know the game was you know the Bruins were up bigger. Um, right. you know, maybe they, you know, could you go 70 and, and, you know, one less 11 forwards, go one less yeah, forward you have enough and, injuries, and, sure, and, and rotate yeah. the guys through. And then you have, you know, a guy in forward that you could put back there and, and just have him kill penalties and, and mm-hmm. save some wear and tear on your Lindholm and Grizzlick and so forth. Might be an option. Might be. Especially if you're not playing that 
you know, that fourth. Well, that's what I mean. If you, if you're not, if you're not playing them anyways, (laughs) you know, save the four minutes of Lauko's time, give that to whomever, you know, right. Hall was going, you know, there was some guys going. So double shift some of those guys and, and give forward the, the PK time. Sure. And I will say, I thought Brandon Carlo and Mac Rizek were both very good tonight. They were. Carlo was excellent tonight. Yep. Like, he blocked shots. He was as decisive with the puck. Like, he was using his big body. Like, he was really good. And he did. Under and the radar thing. He did make the pass to Marchand tonight for the one tee. I noticed he that too. He didn't. He, he, he didn't he flip did. it at the net. He made the he pass. So that a boy, Brandon. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, chart number five. Does this Bruins core feel too much pressure to win in the playoffs? So I heard this on sports radio today, where they they were some idiot called in and said that they don't care and that they don't care enough and they don't want to win in the playoffs. And oh my god. So, but the the hosts of the show were like, well, wait a minute. I think it's the other way around. I think they care too much. Yeah. And they put too much pressure on themselves. And I think there may be something to that. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that for sure. I think they do. Um, they really want to win so badly for each other and for the city. I think they do put pressure on themselves to do it. Um, I think uh, even in this, I think they want to win for Bergeron. I think they want to win for Krejci. You know, I think they want to win for Montgomery in his first, you know, season as as uh, as the coach. I think they want to win to secure themselves as one of the greatest teams in the history of the league. You know, you can't do that. You can't have that regular season and then not win. So there's pressure that goes along with that too. So there's all kinds of pressure on them. Um, sure. But they they just need to play. If they if they play their game, uh, at least in this series, if they play their game and do not turn the puck over. They'll win. We said it, you know, the other night. Like, if they don't give the puck away, like, most of the Florida's goals are giveaways. If they don't give the puck away, yeah, Yeah. if they don't give it away, they'll win. They'll win the series. They will. Without without poor decisions, without giveaways, which they had far less of tonight. Mm -hmm. But 5-1-5, like, it's the Panthers cannot generate anything offensively. And anything that they do is all to the perimeter. Like, it's... They can't do much of anything, so that's what's frustrating about it. This this series can't go six or seven, and if it does, it's because the Bruins are shooting themselves in the foot. Because I don't see the Panthers being able to make that much of an adjustment to really be able to get any traction five one five. So, and of course, the Bruins penalty kill is excellent. So mm-hmm. there's really not a lot there for the Panthers unless you give them the puck, you know. And that's the that's really the the rub there. Uh, chip number six. Bergeron and Krejci both out, top two centers missing. Is this a preview of next season? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. I mean, Krejci may be cashed. He may be cashed. And I think he might be. Um, But Bergeron, clearly by the season season he had in the regular season, uh, can continue to play. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would would like to see him come back, uh, obviously. So would everyone else. Um, Right. But, and I think, you know, I think Zaka can be a number two center. So I don't want to see both of them gone because that's too many, too many holes. Uh, I don't, I don't think, you know, you can expect Coyle and Zaka to keep up this, you know, level through, through a whole regular season and then playoffs. I think part of the reason Coyle's so good is, you know, he gets, you know, a little bit less ice time and, and, you know, a little more defensive responsibility and so forth. Right. But, uh, right. and then in the playoffs, he's just a beast. Um, yeah. 
So I, I'd like to see it continue that way. So that you know, you, they really need a, a top six center next year if Krejci's not around. Yeah, they do, and and I think that um, you know that boy that Bertuzzi uh, Zaka Pasternak line looks looks pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, it would be it would be nice to have them again. You know, then there next year, mm-hmm. and I think you, I think what was it you? Well, you just posed this question about. A preview for next season. That's if they can sign all these guys that played tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, just, there's a lot of free agents out there, and it's really going to be interesting. They have four million, four and a half million in overage, so yeah, uh, they only have like a little less than four million in salary cap space, and a ton of guys out there. So, um, boy, I don't, I don't know what the hell is going to happen next year. Yeah, it's going to be a but, real, real interesting off season. That's for sure. Yeah. And we'll be here to talk about it. How about that? We will. We will be here to talk about it. It might be a completely different season, but we'll we'll be here to talk about it. More prospects to talk about. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Chirp number seven. Defensively, the Bruins suffocated the Panthers 5-1-5. Game two might end up being the anomaly in this series. Jesus, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. I, I hope I, I hope like hell that that is that is the case. Uh, yeah. And and, you know, beating a dead horse here. But if you don't turn it over in game two, you know, you win the game probably. Yeah. So um, it, it, you just have to hope that the Bruins can continue to play this way, uh, continue to uh, keep track of the details, play play you know with pucks in deep and and you know puck management and all the cliches that we've been talking about for a long time here um uh and if they clean that stuff up you know they'll win the series yeah i I was really impressed with their defensive core tonight i thought they were i thought they were really good i thought they played tough i thought they they you know made good decisions with the puck for the most part like i thought they were really I thought they were really good, and they were really hard to get past. I thought they made a lot of plays at their own blue line mm-hmm. before they could even get the puck in. They, you know, they were immediately were able to get it back out, and I thought it was a much more crisp game from that group. Uh, and again, it was started by McAvoy, who was far better than he was last game because in last game he wasn't very good at all. Yeah, I mean, all of them uh, were better. We we talked about yeah. that 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 Lindholm and Orlov and McAvoy needed to be better. And, and I thought all of them were, uh, you know, McAvoy obviously setting the tone early, but Orlov with two great stretch passes, a couple of assists, Lindholm was much better. Uh, so, um, if you get that kind of play out of your, out of your decor, then, then they'll be in good shape going forward. When he, when he made that hit like 10 seconds in, I thought of that press conference he had after the game in game two, where he was really sort of, you know, it just, just sort of seemed like he didn't, he, he was very sort of I don't know. He just was very terse with his words, and he was just like, "Yeah, no, we're not going to. You know, it's just another game. This, it's this is the playoffs, and you know, we just have to play better, and we're going to play better." And and he, you could tell he was pissed. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And then he came in this game, and he just immediately just started throwing bodies around, and um, you know, that's that's why he's one of the elite defensemen in the league. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook, is live right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code ITR. You can now bet local on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that 
Mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7, 21 plus, physically present in mass. Eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply, opt-in required. Bonus issued as free bets. Terms at DraftKings.com slash MA. All right, beauties and benders now in the uh, three beauties for this week, and uh, we'll start with an honorable mention. Dmitry Orlov. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Two superb stretch passes from Orlov, and he also, you know, he, he got a little chippy on the side of the net mm-hmm. with Lomborg, and yep. uh, it was a Montour, or someone was on, on the side of the net there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in the Bender situation, yeah. Yeah, and he was, he, he just, you know, he played tough. He's a, he's a fire hydrant. Yeah. And again, he's, he surprised me with how good of a player he is. I mean, he's just really, really good. And that pass to Hall was a dime. Yep. Like, it was fantastic. Uh, all right, Chip, uh, sorry, beauty, beauty number three is Taylor Hall. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. Big goals open the score early, and then the great pass to Felino, who was able to finish it late in the game. And Hall actually had another chance, 2 on all where... There was a great back check that avoided that 2-1-0. That could have been a goal for Pasternak, but Hall was noticeable, and he was the type of talented player you expect. Absolutely. He was he was really good tonight. Uh, he made a few steals on that Pasternak one. He just didn't feel the back pressure soon enough to get rid of that right. puck and Pasta would have a breakaway. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, a really, really good game overall from Taylor Hall. And then uh, beauty number two, Charlie McAvoy. Gonna love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. McAvoy, eight hits, set the tone physically on the first shift with that uh, big hit as he blows up Lundell, and then he blows up Lundell late, and then Barkov tackles him to the ground and then doesn't get it, doesn't really get anything. He doesn't get the misconduct somehow. Uh, and over 20 No, he did get a penalty, though. He did get he a penalty. He got the penalty, yeah. but he, got, he didn't get thrown out no. like, uh, no. like Bertuzzi did. Yeah. Uh, but over 25 minutes for, for Charlie Mack. Yeah, he was great tonight. Uh, like you said, set the tone physically early, uh, was involved uh, shutting down plays, and, and uh, really a good all-around game by, by Chucky. And the other Chucky, Charlie Coyle, is number one beauty. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. As Andy Brickley said, uh, he was just a diesel all night long, everywhere, physical, great 200-foot game. I'll tell you what, Brick was ready tonight. Like, he was, he was dialed yeah, in. Yeah, he, he was. Brick was fired up. I think when McAvoy dropped, <laughs> dropped uh, yeah. Listerine in there on, on, in the first yeah. shift, uh, yeah. Brick, was, Brick was all in. He was engaged. He was ready to go. He was fired up because he was, he was commenting on Loco, too. He was like, as, as a player, I think he really wanted him to get those pucks out because he's like, he, he made two mistakes and during one shift, and he's like, he really needs to make those plays. And he was like fired up about it. He's like, he, he, you, he, you could tell he wanted to scream, like, get the fucking buck out, get it out. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he was, he was, he was going to be mad if it was, if they would turn the puck over again tonight for sure. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here we go with the Benders. Uh, number three, Panthers fans. Ah, the <laughs> uh, they're frauds. Just, they are. just absolute frauds. It's the easiest ticket to get in all of the NHL playoffs oh because no one gives a rat's ass. All oh. these people show up and they and they wear their jerseys and they drink their Trulies. Get the fuck out of here with this. It's yeah, terrible. Throw their, rats. Yeah. throw their rats on the ice. Yeah. You know, uh, how, you could hear the Let's Go Bruins chants on the TV. Yeah. Uh, there was probably at least a quarter Bruins fans there. Uh, you know, Bruins fans obviously travel really sure. well and, and are yeah. passionate and so forth. Yeah. But the but the Florida fans are fair weather. They they could care less. I mean, they they follow winning teams. They don't follow the team when they stink. They're not there. Right. No one cares. No one gives a I, rat's I ass. Were, I think there were Bruins fans who saw on social media that they were they were a hundred bucks a ticket and they were available. Yeah. That actually flew down today and were like we're going to get the tickets and we're going to go to the game. Yeah, absolutely. There a ton of Bruins fans there. And, and it's just ridiculous when the, the, the thing doesn't sell out. Like, why do you have a team if, if you don't, if you can't sell out a playoff game? Yeah, and they're I mean, talking about bringing the league back to Atlanta of all oh places. Like, it failed there twice already. Yeah. Come on. They don't sell out baseball playoffs or basketball playoffs. No, they, they hockey. They're, they're, Georgia is a college sports state. They don't care about pro teams at all. They don't. No, they don't. They don't. Um, number two, Bender, Rodko Gudis. Ah, Bender. Because fuck that guy every <laughs> single time. I want another. They're just going to allow Gudis to tackle people I just, and then lay on them on the ice. I just, I don't understand how he gets away with what he gets away he with. Does. I really don't understand it. I don't yeah. at all. And he gets away with it for some reason. His, his way of going into the corner to check somebody is giving them a forearm shiver in the, in the back. That's how yeah. he goes into the corners like this with a forearm yeah. shiver. I mean, he, I just, I don't know. Down, lays I, on him. And, yeah. And then he doesn't get up. Like he did it to Pasternak. He did it to, I think he did it to Frederick. Frederick yeah. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I don't understand it. They, they, they should be calling Gudis for, right. he should have had probably four or five penalties in the series already. Right. And uh, here's the other thing. He kind of sucks. He does. He's not that great. No. <laughs> he's so not very good. I, I really want people to go. I mean, he's built, he's kind of a fire hydrant himself. He's a stocky yeah. guy. Sure. Um, yeah. But I really want to see, you know, Hathaway or someone like that going in the corner with him and just blow him up. Yeah, just blow him up. Um, and then the number one bender is Brandon Montour. Ah, the bender. So trying to put the puck in the net after the whistle blows, that is a no-no. Everybody in the, in the league, everybody throughout hockey knows that you don't do that. It's just one of those unwritten rules. You don't shoot after the whistle. You don't try to put the puck in after the whistle. And uh, it's a Bush League play uh, by a team that I'm, that I'm figuring out has a bunch of Bush League guys on it. You know, yeah. Montour, uh, Gudis, Chuchuk, you know, gets underneath people's skin, long boards, yeah. choking people. Yeah. They yeah. dive all over the damn place. Ekblad they dove do. again tonight. You know, he it's it, it, he jumps uh, stall jumps the other night when when yeah. Nosek hits him in the I mean it's just yeah. it's a team of uh, it seems like you know reminds me of like the old Canadians teams like you know they get away with a lot they're kind of divey bush league you know yeah. Brendan Gallagher's and the PK Subans uh, yeah. so yeah uh, and so I loved Orlov because he just grabbed Montour put him in a headlock and dragged him to the ice. Uh, and then DeBrusque yeah. was like whacking him with a stick, I think, trying to keep the yeah. puck out of the net. So, um, you know, really a Bush League play by, by Montour. 
You know what that typically means is that you don't know, you don't think you can win, so you have right. to do that stuff. Right. That that's what it tells me. Like we don't think we can win straight up against you guys. Yeah. So we got to pull this nonsense. Right. And that's why I'm getting more and more confident about the Bruins taking care of business with the Panthers. But we'll see. All right. Uh, we had a poll this week. Uh, is Jim Montgomery taking enough of the reins with this team? Is he assertive enough? Uh, yes was 43%, no was 22%, and hard to tell was 35%. So less than 50% were confident in Jim Montgomery, but uh, lo and behold, he passed the test tonight. He did. He did. Uh, you know, all the changes that he made seemed to seem to work out. Um, he might have got a little lucky there with the, I mean, we won't say lucky because Krejci didn't play, but lucky that, you know, Krejci doesn't play, and Felino goes in, and Felino scores a goal. So uh, it all came up Montgomery tonight, like it has all year. So, uh, you know, things have been going well. So, you know, why don't you continue to do things the way you've been doing them? Because it's worked out so far. Uh, so, you know, maybe down the road that stuff will catch up with them. And, you know, we've said it before that all coaches kind of have a shelf life where, uh, you know, eventually the message gets a little stale. Uh, it was Cassidy's time. It got a little stale there at the end uh, here. And, uh, right. you know, he's gone on to Vegas and had good, good success over there. But, uh, you know, Montgomery, you know, it's, it's all roses for him in the, in the first season here with the Bruins. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, the winning continues uh, for 14 yeah. more, as a matter of fact. Yes, 14 more wins would be, would be fantastic. The guy that I'm, that I'm really, okay, I can't say disappointed because I'm glad he stinks right now, is Sasha Barkov. He, I don't think he's, he, tonight he was terrible. And he, he couldn't do anything at all. And then he had that at the end of that frustration with McAvoy at the end, uh, he just hasn't been, I was really nervous about him heading into the series and he just hasn't, the Bruins have done a really good job against them. Yeah. And I hope that continues. Like you said, yeah. continue yeah, to do a really good job against them. Yeah. Cause he's a, he's yeah. a, he's a really good player and the Bruins should be, uh, you know, not scared of him, but aware when he's on the ice sure. as they should with to Chuck and some of their other forwards. Um, but uh, yeah, continue to continue to shut him down and, and you'll really give yourself a, a really good chance to win. Sure. And uh, we hope they win next game Sunday, April 23rd game four at Florida Bruins up two games to one in the series. That is an afternoon game. I believe it's three thirty. Three thirty on, on ABC. Sunday. I believe ABC. I believe so. Thirty, And we will have the recap afterwards. Uh, live and uh, the Bruins affiliates uh, getting underway in playoffs Providence will begin April 28th and their opponent will be the Hartford Wolfpack the Rangers affiliates so that'll be game one in Providence and the Maine Mariners dropped game one two to one tonight Curtis Hall had the own goal the, o- the only goal for Maine Michael DiPietro had 31 saves Redding takes a one game to none lead on the main Mariners who've had a really great season. And we want to congratulate Terrence Wallen, who had a baby. His wife and, and he had a baby recently. He showed the pictures tonight on Twitter. Awesome. So a new a new Wallen in the picture. Congrats to Terrence. And, uh, you know, the Mariners will, will uh, get back in that series uh, in game two, I'm sure. So, uh, oh, yeah. you know, things will be right things will be going well up, up there uh, soon enough. Sure. Uh, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. And subscribe to Inside the Rink's YouTube page. You'll see a lot of our content. And please rate and review on Apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platform. Sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. The Bruins take a 2-1 to series lead. 
We will be back with you on Sunday afternoon. Until then, go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Mm, Bye-bye. 